Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to episode 63 of the On the Table Gaming podcast, where we'll be continuing our discussion of A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. So this week, I'm really excited to have on Duncan Rhodes, uh, formerly of Warhammer TV. You've probably seen his works online. It's really cool to see him doing A Song of Ice and Fire, and I was thrilled to get to sit down and talk with him about his foray into... A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game. So uh, without further ado, uh, Duncan, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hello, nice to be here. You know, I'm really excited to have you on as I feel like in a lot of ways through your videos and the work you've done in the past on Warhammer TV, you've kind of been like the public face for the hobby. You're sort of like a uh, a Wargamer ambassador for, I mean, I think you've been that way for quite some time now. <laughs> and I'm just excited to like make sure that if there are people in the Song of Ice and Fire community who haven't seen your work or don't know who you are yet that they they really get connected here because one of the cool things about a song of ice and fire is we draw in like kind of a wide crowd of players like we have board gamers card gamers and you know your traditional war gamers mm -hmm. uh, so i thought maybe we could start off just by uh we asked this question kind of at everyone but uh you know maybe you could tell us a little bit what's your gaming background and you know how long you've been gaming and kind of what perspective do you bring uh when you sit down to play a game yeah okay um well um i suppose for folks who have just been around ice and fire um i've i kind of stumbled into finding myself working for warhammer tv uh, and end up doing painting stuff for them but uh, but my gaming background really has all been about just basically having fun with these toy soldiers and just enjoying <laughs> this hobby you know um and i i'm very much kind of a narrative gamer i like stories and backgrounds and i like you know nice models that evoke those kinds of things and of course, with the Game of Thrones TV show, it's impossible not to have encountered this uh, storyline. <laughs> you know, it's, you can't really avoid it, can you? Um, so I was aware of it, but um, I, uh, I I would obviously be doing Warhammer a lot. I'd be doing lots of historical stuff in my own time, so I'd like to, you know, delve in that kind of thing. Um, but I was actually at Adepticon, and uh, I just ended up sort of. Uh, it was you know last year. Um, I think some sets were being given out. Yep. Um, and uh, there were lots of demo tables of it all around, and I saw the Lannister troops, and I thought, wow, they actually look really cool. You know, they look like, uh, like real soldiers, but with a fantasy flair to it. And so that's <laughs> that's really my kind of thing. That that sort of stuff really appeals to me. Was so there a specific just... unit that pulled you in? Well, it was the Halberdiers, first of all. <laughs> that uh, was for yeah. me too. I had that really? same exact experience. <laughs> where I was like, I I stocked up on a bunch of them. Ah, yeah. So there's the money-making unit right there. <laughs> yeah, man. But that look awesome. Have like a whole line of those. It's like a pipe yeah. Wicked. <laughs> uh, there was a, I, I was, um, I mean, I was there working. I was doing these painting um, seminars and stuff all day. And I didn't really get much chance to look around the show. But in the, the trade hall, it was impossible to miss the the big piece of artwork of the Knights of Castle Rock charging. Mm. You know, on the, on the front of the box. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, walking past the demo tables and seeing the uh, the halberdiers, you know, halberds poking up and stuff, it just looked really cool. Really sort of appeals to me. So I did a bit of research on the internet, looked into it, and uh, just thought to myself, you know, why not? I like the models. That's kind of what drives me, and I'll, I'll have a go. And uh, I went and picked a setup. Um, and uh, I mean, I actually bought it from. It's a mate. Uh, you've been to Adepticon, right? The, I actually uh, have not. So have that's not? on my list. I've got to get there. Oh man, there's this store. I, I'm, I'm terrible. I always forget the name. They, they, um, so they're open 24 hours a day during the course of the show for like four days, and uh, they've got all these boxes full of just bits and pieces from all various armies from all different games. And you see people there any time of the day just rummaging through this stuff, you know, seeing what there is there. And um, it was, it was quite late. I just went down there, and uh, they just had um, 
two on the shelf. So I got one, and then a guy next to me took the other one, and we, that was the end of their stock. <laughs> and but, so, yeah. were you a fan yeah. as well of the the IP of the of the show? Yes. Well, I'd uh, I'd been watching the TV series, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and as for the books, I uh, after picking up the game, and um, so my girlfriend, she's read all the books. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> stopped watching the TV show as it started changing from what the books were doing, yep. and she'd always tell me, you know, they're all so different and stuff, and kept trying to push me to to read them. Um, but I'm terrible for sitting down reading. I just end up painting stuff instead. So, uh, <laughs> well, it sounds so, like uh, you've you've found your calling in life. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you've made oh, that work. <laughs> oh man, I have been so lucky in life. I really, I really have. <laughs> Never take it for granted. You know, I've been, I've been very, very lucky to end up where I am. Um, but yeah, I, I so I got the audiobooks and I finished, um, I finished the first one. Um, you know, Game of Thrones, and I'm into the second one now. Um, yeah. Starting to see why people like Stannis so much. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and I think you know you'll well we'll cue the endless debate, but uh, you know the way the the show handled it and where the way the book is handling it is is somewhat different. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Besides the miniatures, then is there uh, you know have you gotten a chance to play some games with Song of Ice and Fire? I have. Um, so yeah, so I'm much more into the model making and the painting than I am gaming. But mm-hmm. um, I I actually uh, so this game I. I ended up meeting with some friends. We had a go of it. I started to see, all right, I can sort of see how this kind of connects, you know, like how the system works. And I played another game with another friend. And um, I were partway through and we're actually like, this is actually a really good game. (laughs) This is is like, this generally is really well designed. It just felt like it all sort of clicked. Like it felt like it matched the IP. And that, you know, you had your sideboard of the politics and the characters all did things that you thought would be appropriate to what they are like in the stories. Um, but it also had the aspect of maneuvering your army and having all the units working together to support each other. Um, and the, uh, the outrides, cause it's just the starter set that we were playing mm-hmm. because I just painted the, the core set, you know, and, um, he was running around with the Stark outriders, having a great time realizing how maneuverable they were. And we're <laughs> like, this is awesome. Like, it's like medium light cavalry that are behaving like, like cavalry. This is like just what you want. And normally games can get quite clunky with that sort of thing um but yeah it felt uh it, it kind of picked out all the things so it had um it reminded me a lot of old warhammer in the regimental feel of it and the look of it um it felt very modern and how smooth all the units could work it had that feel of the ip and it had the fun of the tactics deck given the flavor of your army and the surprises that we kept pulling on each other as we were playing cards and countering each other yeah everything just it just really sang to me it really appealed to me and i just kind of like started thinking like looking more into it and of course listening to your podcast and um looking at the app and you know just watching videos on youtube actually you know like uh, gorilla gaming and stuff and um just realizing that this game's very well designed it's very well put together and so then i, I was hooked I've, I've played a lot of games of it ever since those those ones there <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, you know, and I can tell, you know, by the way you're talking about it and, you know, from it's it's weird when you have someone on that you've like seen a lot of footage of, but they've mm. never met you. It's like, mm. I, I know you, uh, but it's <laughs> like, but I don't know you, but, uh, but, you know, when you talk about games and like the enthusiasm you have and mm. uh, that energy uh, and, you know, talking about kind of the narrative elements. And I think that's what I enjoy about the game so much is that, mm-hmm. um, you know, there is a competitive community, mm-hmm. but also so much of the game kind of evokes or it it has a that thematic attachment where you're like mm-hmm. oh like this kind of feels right mm-hmm. and so you're as you're playing the game and you're you know you're telling that other side sort of narrative of what's going on and it's like uh cersei is grabbing the crown and influencing a unit sure it's, there's a mechanical element there but it also kind of mm-hmm. evokes the the 
political backstabbing that would be happening in the books yeah. or in the show. Yeah, yeah, it's like um, it's it's not that um, those troops have just died all of a sudden. It's that no, actually, what's happened is there's been some sort of political shenanigans going on where those guys have been paid off or threatened or something, and they've just abandoned the battle line straight away, or not even turned up to the battle line. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. When you think of it in terms like that, it's like oh, it's like it's like um, I suppose like playing magic or something like that. You can picture the the sort of the story that the game events are telling pieced together, and you can see the larger picture. And yeah, it really fits with the with the books and the whole feel of it. That's what's kind of been fun for us as a community is that uh, it's been basically drawing in people from a lot of different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, it, it maybe doesn't come across quite as intimidating as some other games because the miniatures are pre-assembled. Um, yes. And yes. so we get a lot of people that are jumping into war games for the first time coming from like a magic background. They're like, oh, I get the card games. Or like, I want to play mm -hmm. Lannisters and play more of a control sort of card tactics deck. Yes. And yeah, with my the, miniatures. Blue, the blue deck, call me. Right, <laughs> right. And then you've got your people coming in and say, like, ah, you know, I want to smash them. I want to be Starks and I want to zip around and hit mm -hmm. people with Berserkers mm -hmm. or make my cool scenic bases. Um, so it really kind of hitting that sweet spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's a, there's a whole host of things about this game that just come together. Um, I think uh, Cool Mini and I have done a great job with it. I really do. And so you've been sticking to the starter set. So you've been playing mostly Starks and Lannisters. Which mm -hmm. faction are you kind of identifying more with? I've seen some some painted units, but I know that might not give away who you're exactly playing. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's who I've been playing the most. Um, so I've been going for the Lannisters, and it's because I like their models more. Mm -hmm. um, uh, as a, a person, the aesthetic of them personally appeals to me. I like the uniform regimented look to them. I think the uh, the lovely scarlets and the gold lines and stuff just look really nice. And um, I've since found that the Lannister Guards are actually amongst my favorite miniatures. Uh, they just, as I started painting them, I found actually in the corset. Yeah, I really like those. Then I got the nice Castly Rock as well, and I had a great time painting those. Um, and playing with them, they're not normally the kind of army I go for. I normally tend to be a much more aggressive attacking army. So Stark fits my playstyle more. Um, but it's been really fun to do something different. And it's fun to have kind of the uh, the answer to everything of like oh, right. you thought you had me but aha you know <laughs> yeah uh, yeah absolutely and i think you know those and the cool thing is like the game scales up you don't lose that as you get yes. more factions but i can definitely remember some of our early games of the starter set i was i ended up with the, the lannister side <laughs> of the the starter set and uh there's nothing better than those moments when they're, they go to do that thing yeah. and you're like ah counterplot i yeah, like, yeah. You're like, oh, oh, like, uh, I passed that morale check, and there's like an awkward silence, and it's like, yeah, it's time for that supremacy roll. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I saw you've also had uh, some painted miniatures up of some of the Baratheon troops, a Baratheon warden. I think I saw. Yeah. Um. So I've, uh, yeah, obviously I've, I've got the core set. So I've painted all the Lancers in that, painted all the Starks in that, and um, I've been, been expanding the Lannister army so I can have the whole army fully themed as a, you know, the House Lannister red stuff. Um, the Starks are not quite decided how I'm going to expand them yet, but um, since all these other starter sets have been coming out, um, I just think there there's something about a, a, a core set that's just a rounded product that has everything you need that really appeals to me. Um, these last few years, I found myself getting core sets for games and just painting the entire contents of it as a standalone thing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so all these different army starter boxes are right at my street. Um, so I, I got the Baratheon one, even though I don't, I don't especially intend to collect Baratheons um, because them being heavily armored and defensive, they feel yeah. similar to the Lannister style to me. So oh, that might be more of like your, uh, you know, like kind of like a dwarf players yeah. Uh, faction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I really like them. So I, I can see myself painting them. I mean, there, there's 
there's not been a faction in the game yet that I don't like, so I can see myself collecting all of them. Um, but I think for my second army that I play with a lot, I want it to have a different feel to the Lannisters, you know, um, entirely, really. So I well, think... That's how that's how I ended up playing Free Folk. <laughs> I was like, what is oh, the opposite yeah. at this time? And now I've got this <laughs> massive horde army where I'm like, I, I have a lot of miniatures. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not allowed to do the Free Folk yet, you see, because uh, one of my mates, the one who was playing as Starks um, mm -hmm. uh, in those games that we've been having, in fact, we're playing this Wednesday, um, he's uh, he's collecting Free Folk. Oh, there we so, go. So he was, yeah. he's uh, the North, and he's like, what's better than the North? It's like even more North. I'm going to go yeah. beyond the wall. Well, I'm surprised you picked them. I, I could have uh, sworn blind that he would have waited for them to come out because mm. he's always been into, like, his wargaming dream army has been doing a Mongol horde. Um, uh, and so you can see Dothraki are going to fit. Well, one that. of the benefits is with a relatively inexpensive uh, buy-in, well, you yeah. end up having a, you don't, you don't save money, you just get twice as much. <laughs> so that's the danger. That's right. Uh, that's right. There's still room. There's still room. Yeah, there's still. But he's not collecting them yet. So I might do for my next army, like to a full commit to an army, might be either the Dothraki or the Night's Watch. I think uh, those two are the ones yeah. that are standing out to me. Obviously, coming from Games Workshop miniatures, <laughs> these are assembled miniatures, pre-assembled. Uh, and there's mm -hmm. kind of been this like age-old debate, uh, you know, just kind of talking about like just the quality of the sculpts in general. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as someone who's been spending more time with the Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures, what have, what have been your thoughts about the sculpts? Um, so I think um, when it comes to sculpts and quality of miniatures, I think it's difficult to um, rate them because it's such a subjective thing. You know, different right. things appeal to everybody. And um, you know, I've, I've said a whole host many times to people. I, I think when it comes down to the actual quality of a kit, I think Warhammer miniatures are at such a immensely high level. Um, that um, if, if you just want a really high quality kit to paint, then getting a, a Warhammer miniature is going to scratch that itch, I think. Um, but they make Warhammer models. So if you want to collect Lannister Guards, you know, you, you can't buy Warhammer models like that, right? So it's, right. A, it's a different thing. I can say subjectively, I like X more than Y, no matter what the quality of the sculpts really is. So I think it's, um, so it's worth remembering that sort of thing, you know. Um, Games Workshop don't make Romans, I think is a thing I've said a, a quite a few times. Right. Um, <laughs> So I think um, when you move to these, it's a different different sort of thing because they're they're made you know the main body is from soft plastic, so right. they tend to show mold lines and things like that. So you've got still got to remove these sorts of things. It's slightly different in getting rid of those sorts of things. I think the style of them though is something I really love because they they all appear to have been designed with realistic armor in mind. Um, Absolutely. So that that brings them to life for me. And I'd be interested to hear what you think. Uh, you know, you have the starter set too. And as you get, uh, you know, particularly I think starting with like the Night's Watch, it looks mm. like there's been kind of a little bit of a of like an uptick in the details on the sculpts. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I've noticed that with some of the more recent things um, with the Baratheons. Um, mm. I think the, um, the, the quality of the sculpting has gone up, certainly. Um, they appear sharper. Uh, the detail appears finer. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know if this is an actual trend that Coolmini are not doing as they're putting more into the game, but it certainly feels that way. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of those like things that maybe it's just like what it's perceived as. But I feel like every mm. time we get a new thing, I mean, as a free folk player, we have a lot of really cool sculpts, and there's <laughs> these guys, the followers of bone, that are adorned mm. with you know the bones of animals and other people, and. Uh, and looking at those, like, wow, the 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 sculpts just seem like they've come so far. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know, the yeah. cool thing about the game too is, you know, right out of the box, you can take them out and you can play with them. There are uh, 
you know, some people who don't paint their miniatures, some people who do. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I enjoy about it is that I think with the trays, it does like evoke those older like Warhammer games, Warhammer Fantasy, mm-hmm. you know, that I remember playing as a kid, pushing the trays around. That was really something I enjoyed. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's been fun to kind of recapture some of that feel again. Yes. Um, and it's it kind of like just taps into like a weird bit of like nostalgia, but it's also something new. Yeah. But it also provides a lot of opportunities for scenic basing. I don't know if you had a chance to mess around with that at all. Well, for the trays I've done so far, I've done them um, kind of well, just to blend in with the rest of the bases, really. I've added mm-hmm. a few rocks and like bushes and things like that, you know, just to make it look like sort of. Um, it, it's kind of like a generic grassland theme for bases I do and for the trays because it matches the board that I've got. Um, okay. And I just tend to consistently go towards that. But I, I'm thinking for the different armies and doing different sorts. Um, I, I, one day when I do Free Folk, I definitely want to do them snowy. But for the Night's Watch, I've just not quite decided yet. You know, if I can have hints of that for them being a bit further north. Um, yes, yeah, so that's the same but, problem. I wanted to do every army like a different <laughs> base. Yeah. Uh, but, and so my Atlantis is a regular grass. Mm-hmm. Then I did my Night's Watch as snow-based. Mm-hmm. And my Free Folk, it's kind of like a, more of like an icy tundra sort mm-hmm. of thing. And my Starks, I haven't done yet. But now I'm like, oh, I've got to find a way. I've got to learn how to do like <laughs> patchy snow or something. Yes. I'm kind of <laughs> getting in a bind here. <laughs> yeah, to have it as if it's like transitioning up towards the north. Right. This might be getting beyond my skill level, though. <laughs> oh, it's not too difficult. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I it's, just need uh, tutorials, it... I think, is what it is. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah well, wouldn't that be a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think with um, because this story has so much love, to it um i mean it's quite incredible just how much detail there is in the book so um, robert jordan knows his stuff um it's uh it's very easy to picture these models as real soldiers in real life so i think um if you read some the books or watch tv shows and things you can kind of you can get a feel for what the, the models should look like you know what sort of colors you should go for face should be like um and it's exciting seeing people bring that to life and all the ones that they paint i've often been going around the internet looking at how people paint their own models um, that's been lots of fun. <laughs> and so down the line, you know, as you're going through the books and have seen the show, are there any factions that you might be looking forward to? Maybe things that aren't in the game, whether it's, you know, sort of like the the uh, Greyjoys with maybe like kind of like their naval slash like raider sort of themes or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm very interested to see how they do represent those. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I think it'll be. Yeah, really interested to see how they bring them to life um, to get that sort of lighter armored piratical theme going on. You know, it's going to be very interesting to have that and see how they, because a, a little thing that I think I've been doing very well in this game is um, giving the little sort of the emblems, like the house crests and things appearing in subtle ways on things like the um, the sword hilts of Lancer Guards having a lion's head on them. Like yes <laughs> so i wonder yeah with the Greyjoys, are they going to be using the kraken as like a you know you know, have this like octopus style um thing to like uh, how they're going to work this into the armor and uh i really hope they do because well we know everything else so i don't see why they do it any differently yeah um, i mean i think that was one of the requirements that i think george r. r martin so he sort of signs off on the the miniatures mm-hmm. um and when the game was being developed i remember them talking about how his like requirement was that he like he envisioned a game where you've got your troops with like uh heraldry being a big part of it with like a lot of sigils mm-hmm. and flags that we look on the battlefield it was a tapestry of these things Mm-hmm. Uh, so having the sigils and and those sorts of elements displayed, I, I assume that's going to be a theme going forward. Yes. Well, I, I hope they. Yeah, they, they seem to be going like that very strongly so far. Yeah. Um, and I think you get that impression as well. I mean, the first time I, when I finished painting the starter set with all my Lannisters, I so I've got a cabinet in my in my home, 
and I put them all there, lined them up, and um, just looking from the side, you see all the banners fluttering above them, and you know, you've got the yellow from uh, the mountains bit, and then you've got all the reds and the Lannisters. And I was like, this is this is the sort of wargaming I like. This all these banners. <laughs> Colors, heraldry, man, this is it's the it's what I sign up for, you know. <laughs> well, with exactly the kind of thing that appeals to me, you know, units like the ones you've been showing, like the way your mountains men are painted, I feel like that makes it, you know, enjoyable just right off the bat having like you know these really nice miniatures that you're pushing around because <laughs> everyone knows when your miniatures are painted, mm-hmm. you roll better. So mm-hmm. that's just out there yeah. for everybody. <laughs> well, is the great thing the min- so the miniatures are bigger than the uh, the general sort of twenty eight millimeter mm-hmm. figures that most folk might be used to, um, and the details actually very sharp on them. And that's what, what I find quite remarkable about it is that yeah, the, so the main core body of them is soft plastic, but their arms are hard plastic, so the weapons are very straight and rigid. And th- and the detail is very sharp, especially chain mail. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that. The, um, on the mountains, men, you can see lots of mail on the back of the, the legs for them in particular. And it's so finely sculpted. It's really, really nice. Um, I just found it a pleasure painting the entire set. I really did. I, I, I flew through doing all of them. Um, now, is there any particular unit that you've been feeling that you've been having fun on the battlefield with? Oh, the Knight's Castle Rock. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Oh, I love oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. See, um, so I've played quite a few times against runs a gaming shop very close to me called Boards and Swords. Um, mm-hmm. So hello, Ian, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, uh, so we've had numerous games. His, he's got House Stark, but he's themed it as House Tully. So he's not taking oh, House okay. Tully. Now, he hasn't got any of his uh, his knights yet, so I've still got the heavy cavalry. Oh, so you're lucky. You're you're safe for yeah. now. <laughs> Just yeah, for the prepare. moment. It's going to change. I know it is. But... Oh no! All right. And uh, we free... so he's got some um, some House Stark outriders for his cavalry for now. And um, we the battle always starts out with a little skirmish between our two cavalry, and he almost always manages to charge me. So uh-huh. um, I have so my early game is trying to get those knights disengaged from that fight so they can start <laughs> charging. And um, I found the best way to do it is just to shoot into the combat crossbowmen. And it, like, so it then frees them. And all of a sudden, when you see them on the charge, they're devastating. So yes. they've um, them getting moving and starting to flank things has saved me in so many times, so many games now. Um, yeah, I really like the Knights, I think. Um, yeah, they're... Perhaps that's... a bit too attached to keep them alive, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're a good unit to keep alive with the Lannis of Supremacy and the Lances. Mm. As a free folk player with no cavalry, you know, mm. the Knights of Castle Rock are, are terrifying. If I can somehow get it so that they don't get to charge, they don't get their lance bonus, not mm-hmm. quite as bad, but I've had many a unit run down by oh, a heavy set of well-armored <laughs> knights. So. What's your normal counter to them? What's my normal many counter? Years. Honestly, a lot of times when I'm running that is uh, with Free Folk, there's a commander, Harma, that'll give out movement bonuses. And so a lot of times I'm, I'm either A, just eating the charge and then enveloping mm-hmm. it with a bunch of other units, or I'm mm-hmm. looking to play a card that'll let me maneuver up when you least expect it. So you position your knights ready for their next turn move, and then I kind of leapfrog and use the Taxus mm-hmm. card to run a unit forward and then you know ambush you instead. No, I see. Some but it's hard to out. close that distance because I have to use my tactics mm-hmm. cards and my resources where that's just built into your unit. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, if I can take away your lances, uh, that, that certainly helps. Yeah, they suddenly become uh, a bit a bit rubbish if they get caught. A little pillow fist in for the cost but, at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. All of a sudden, they're basically as good as guards, I guess. But to be honest, a lot of times I feel like when I'm playing free folk, it's usually uh, you get to pick something, especially against Starks. They get to pick something in my list, and it's going to die mm-hmm. because they're going to run in there, and then we all get to jump on with our swarm. So, uh, <laughs> let's see. That might be a skill thing a little bit there too, though, on my part. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe so. But then cavalry is like another thing. I, I do wonder what it'd be. Like um i think that'd be an interesting uh game to try 
uh, I don't know how well it would turn out. As soon, like once the charge has been received, you're suddenly going to get bogged down, aren't you? And I, I guess that's when you'd swoop around and try and surround. Um, but, uh, but that does remind me, actually, a thing I'd really like to see is House Aaron and uh, the Knights of the Vale. Yeah. I, I really wonder how uh, this game would represent those. That would be good. That'd be another great one, yeah. Mm. And then, of course, one of the big ones that often comes up is, you know, down the line, there are dragons in mm. Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. How will those be represented? We, we've seen the Targaryen mm. tactics set now. They're not going to be, they don't seem to be tactics cards mm. in the base deck, at least. So, mm. you know, are they going to be miniatures on the field? And if so, are they going to be big? Or are they going to be, you know, some sort of political NCU thing? Mm. I don't know. I think, um, so mm, I think those are speculating. I think there'd be models because I think it would just be too much of a shame not. Right. <laughs> then you could print money there, right? If you're yeah. Dragging yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, um, so, I mean, I've listened to Michael Chanel doing his podcast and mm -hmm. he often says, you know, like his stock answer to people asking, will it be dragons? If it's in the books. Right. It can be in With the an, game. a knowing <laughs> nod, he says. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think, he'd well i don't know he's a the man's an enigma I think. <laughs> <laughs> true words have not um, been spoken. Wrapped, wrapped in a mystery you know <laughs> um i think um yeah it'd be a, a tragedy if they didn't have that represented in the game um i couldn't tell you like how that would actually operate in game terms and how it would be balanced everything else but call me now they've been doing a, a great job with that so far so i've got right. no reason to think that it would go off the rails well maybe someday you'll be uh in spoilers here but the the dragon attack in what season seven mm -hmm. where the lannisters are all arranged and the, the dragon <laughs> down the hill that maybe yeah. uh <laughs> yeah, that'd be me uh, albadiers at some point <laughs> yeah it's all right i've got the knight to cast the rock <laughs> Blaming, no. barding on the horses. <laughs> uh, well, we're, you know, I'm super excited to, to to see that you're getting into a song of ice and fire, and that you've been painting some miniatures. And I and I do want to just mention, um, you know, uh, back in December, at the end of December, you you sent me a message on Facebook, and it was mm. just really nice, you know, just saying, you know, you appreciate the podcast, and it made my day. And but I didn't put two and two together. And then I was trying to uh, get a hold of you to see if you could come on the podcast. And then I realized that you were already in my messages. And then I was like, oh my gosh, Duncan Rose messaged me. But, but the, the point I want to make is just like, you know, you know, thank you so much for just reaching out and being supportive. Uh, you know, and, you know, not everybody does that. And uh, I don't know, it really meant a lot. Uh, so, you know, what can we do as a community to help support you going forward? Um, uh... I don't know, really. That's not um, really something I guess I thought about. Um, well, uh, well, first of all, I suppose I should say um, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I think uh, so. I've been listening to the podcast, um, you know, as I've been driving around. I, I you know, I drive quite a lot, um, so I like to, you know, listen to audiobooks and things like that. And uh, I just enjoy your podcast because I think you're very positive. Been Thank you. you. Oh, I do. I really do. I think um, so. You always put um, a very um, approachable um uh what's the word not near like you, you make it <laughs> like make, it's very friendly you know what i mean it's um so with games i find with uh with war games and painting things like that it's um it's a it's bad if it becomes very cliquey and you don't get new people in like new people are vital to these sorts of things um and i find your podcast is very approachable and very like nice easy listening so yeah i was enjoying it well, and i just you know I, I think it's always um 
there's so many people do these these things and I mean like you do this podcast because you love the game right and you just right. support and see it grow so I think it's always worth acknowledging these things and you know like it's like a, a thumbs up you know if someone's doing a good job um I, I feel like I've been very lucky to end up in the place where I ha- am in that people see what I post on Twitter and whatever um so I just kind of want to share you know good stuff uh, that I encounter um so I mean as far as the community supporting me um I suppose I'd just like to see their cool toys and just see people at the time. <laughs> All right. You know, I, I, that's that's really what I like to see. Um, and yeah, and I guess as well, if anyone does want to talk to me or ask me questions about painting these models, then, you know, um, I'll do my best to respond to them. I'm getting quite a lot of messages these days. Um, I, I just, I guess I'm a fellow hobbyist, you know, I just like talking about these toys and games and things that people are having. And what's the best way that we can see the work you're doing? Is it would be on um, Twitter or Instagram? What's the? Um, well, I've uh, so I've got a Twitter, um, which I kind of view as my blog of things that I'm painting. So you'll see all kinds of games and miniatures on there, and I have an Instagram profile as well. So on Twitter, I am two thin coats with an underscore between each of those words, and on Instagram, I'm just Duncan J Rhodes. So James is my middle name, right? So. Um, uh, or you can just search for Duncan Rose and you'll find me. And uh, so Instagram is going to be a bit more of a, a gallery of finished stuff that I've got. So you can see some of my Lannisters on there at the moment. I've not shown you my stuff. Oh, I hadn't seen your crossbow, man. They're up there. That's wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, missed. they've got... Um, amazing. Oh, thank you. I've been trying to copy the um, uh, the artwork. So I love yeah. the artwork on those cards. I absolutely adore it. It's amazing. And on there, they appear to have metallic red armor. So I wanted to do that. So Oh, that my gosh. Like, you have gold was... trim and everything. Yeah, man, it's, really, it's, uh, you so, really captured it. Oh my god! <laughs> if anyone wants to replicate that armor, what it was was it, these are Citadel paints. It was Retributor armor, then it was painted over with Agrax shade. Then the red was Flesh Terror's red, which one grass paints. You just basically cover in, and you highlight it with Liberator gold. It's just those four paints, um, and that's how I've been doing doing all my metallic red. Um, oh my yeah, man. So I'm going to be putting. Um, um, so now, um, well, you can see actually on those accounts, I've got some nicer camera gear now, and mm-hmm. uh, I know somebody who's very good at taking photos who started photos and uh and filming things and say no more oh boy uh, but yeah i see you got the fujifilm i have a similar set mm. of cameras the one thing i always had trouble with those is that they uh if you try to do any sort of uh uh vlog style stuff is mm. that the back camera doesn't flip around fully so it, you can't mm. look at it while you're doing it which is mm-hmm. you know just get used to staring at the lens and doing it in a one take but you you yeah. probably actually know more about talking to a camera than i do but i got trained to do it i guess um i didn't just sort of um well, i mean, i'm blundering my way into the job but i i got taught how to do this by uh, by this fellow called roger who's um basically very experienced um video producer and uh yeah he trained me for presenting and yeah i mean like talking to those cameras um i guess luckily it's not <laughs> i don't have to worry about what you can see on them because uh, well, someone else is going to be doing that for me. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see your content coming out. Uh, and then I'm assuming that'll be on YouTube. I'll be putting up information on my Twitter. So um, okay. that's where I'll be posting stuff. But um, I mean, it's um, working hard at the moment. So it won't be that long until more information comes out as to what exactly I'm getting up to. Well, I'm excited. And, uh, and you know, so what's the scene look like near you? Have you seen much of A Song of Ice and Fire at this time? Um, well, generally around the country, I've not seen it very often. It's you get a few sets turning up now and then, okay. or the uh, the free folk starter set. Um, but there are pockets where they actually have stocks, and very luckily, um, just down the road from me is 
Ian's shop where he has a large amount of it because he loves the game. Um, like he has a. He has what a was the name of that shop again? It's uh It's called Boards and Swords. Boards and Swords. Um, so that sounds like a good, you know, Song of Ice and Fire community spot if people want yeah, to jump yeah, in there. He's uh, he's running a tournament just this weekend. Actually, it's the first time I've gone to a tournament for a long, long time. I'm going to. Oh man, are you going to be playing? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna oh, try out. I think it's three what, games. What commander are you bringing? What what list are you thinking of? Oh, or do you want to keep God. it secret? Do I have to? Oh, I don't mind about keeping it secret. So it's going to be themed. It's going to be Lannister. Um, okay. So either it's going to be um, so I've got kind of a core set of units that I've got good practice in using now. So I'm going to stick to them. So it's going to be something on the lines of the halberdiers, two guardsmen, crossbowmen, and knights of Castle Rock. Okay. My NCUs are probably going to be Tyrion and Cersei. Um, and then for the general, that's the question. Okay. Mm. So I could have Jamie, who I've used the most. Yeah. Uh, okay. I could try Tywin, who I've never used yet, but he is painted and ready. Um, or I've got the mountain. And if I take the mountain, I'm going to change a few things around to get a bit more House Clegane stuff going on there. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking Jamie just because I've used him the most, but it might be fun to, to go, you know, play the wild card and Tywin. Yeah, I mean, I think any of those would be going well. Having gone to some tournaments recently where I tried something new out, mm. uh, I think in the end it's often better to go with what you know. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, you know, the mountain can be really fun too. Mm. Uh, even just throwing him in a unit of halberdiers can be pretty powerful. Yeah. Um, so to get his attack off on the set for charge and then the regular attack. Um, yeah. But lots I'll, of options. I used him um, last time I played against Ian. He used. Um, uh, we were playing a Game of Thrones, and it just happened that one of the objectives right close to where the mountain was was the one that, when you go on it, you pick um, an attachment and you basically turn all these abilities off. Uh -huh. So, of course, he did that to the mountain. Like, oh. oh, then that's not as fun, <laughs> is it? So, yeah, it took, like, three turns to the mountain like, actually did anything. <laughs> and you're going to be like, all right, knights, go get that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was That's why he leapt forward with his cavalry so suddenly. But it, that was a really good game. It was very close. Uh, yeah, but so in that store, Ian's um, got quite a good community of players there. There's quite a few come down to play it. Um, yeah, and I know there's, you know, there's Free Folk, House Bolton, and there's Baratheon there, and there's all sorts. Um, so it's going to be interesting to play against some different people when this uh, this tournament happens at the weekend. But yeah, it's um, if if you want a game, um, Boards and Swords is a good a good shout to to go there. If you message um, them, I know they're on Facebook um ian responds pretty quickly and i'm sure i'll be able to advise you as to when to come down for a that's game that's awesome and maybe they'll get to play with the duncan Rhodes. yeah I'd rock uh, up another a, game. <laughs> you get like recognized often i'm now i'm just getting to like these sort of personal fascinating <laughs> questions i have sorry i'm just like yeah. you know what's it like being duncan Rhodes? um, um i got no, I mean, oh man it's um so it's it's very odd, uh, very odd. I I don't know. I don't I don't really pay that much attention to it. Um, to be honest with you, I just um, uh, I people encounter me all the time around the place. Um, look at me funny and things, and sometimes will come and talk to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it happens in strange places. Um, the weirdest place I've been recognised was in Poland. Um, so is that, is, that a, is that a diss on Poland? What do you, what do you the, mean? No, 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 no. It was just it was completely unexpected. Uh, we were, okay. So <laughs> like Poland is a pretty weird place. That's the weirdest place. <laughs> well, we were in um oh let me think it was either Vaslav or Krakow. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but we were on the way to. So I don't know if you know, but in in Poland they have these um uh, food bars called milk bars, hmm. which are kind of um uh they're a remnant of the the communist times, and they're essentially like um cheap um 
food where you, you just turn up and you know take whatever you want from the menu and stuff and it's right. like it's you know very simple meals and things and so we're going to one of those for breakfast and we had to cross over the road near a tram stop and as we were just walking to the tram stop this guy gets off the tram bumps into me and then double takes and uh, he'd just been on the tram reading his necron codex <laughs> heading to college and then he walks off and he's like what and i was like hello <laughs> yeah nice i mean, chat. I, can yeah. See, I mean it's just funny because i feel like you know um so you know i used to play a lot of warmer games and there was a period where it kind of drifted away mm-hmm. ended up in a song of us on fire but i feel like mm-hmm. in a lot of ways you've been um sort of the face of uh warhammer um and i'm just being a very visible person out mm-hmm. there uh, so. yeah well unintentionally um yeah that wasn't really the goal i mean the the whole point of the um the the tutorial work was um to try and break down barriers and to paint these models um so that and expand the hobby i think that's that's amazing making it accessible exactly yeah make people have the confidence to do it because i mean anyone can learn how to do miniatures like absolutely anyone can paint them and um I, I think it's um, it can be a barrier when you see these things and uh, like you see them in the cabinet and they look amazing and you think, there's no way I could possibly do that. To me, that's what I used to think. Um, and uh, if people show you what to do, you realize actually it's just a certain set of skills that if you practice them enough, you can do anything. Um, so those videos were all based upon that kind of idea of breaking down the barriers and people achieve the results that they want. Oh, they're um, so, so, so helpful. I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's great, I, man. I, I'm I, really glad. I, I, I remember having like, you know, what I have, it was like, there's like an old Warhammer uh, painting, like the books. I, it was like mm. old, uh, McVeigh, uh, but you know, it was yes. like these old, you know, yes. you're like flipping through and it's like picture one, picture two, picture three. And you're like, how did I, how did he, yes. what? And, and have you just feel to be like, oh, here's how you do it. And it's like, well, oh, I joined totally. the, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I joined the studio at a time very much looking back at um, older guides and going, you know, it's when it jumps to the last stage, it's like it's really hard to understand what's going on there. Right. Um, so we've we made a very conscious effort to be honest about everything. You know, even the model looks really messy partway through. That's that's how it it's looks. Like, and that's uh, okay. It's like a pen and teller like demystifying magic or something. We're like, there yes. are no tricks. It's <laughs> this. And it's like, oh wow. Oh, there aren't. And even the way I painted all the same sort of techniques as you'll see in the painting videos that um, I did for Warmer TV. It's not. It's no. Um, there's no great grand trick to it it's just a sort of like a methodical approach to the order of putting the colors in is perhaps the trickiest bit um and uh yeah so the, the all the stuff that came out as a side effect of all that was completely unexpected and unintentional and i've found it very odd and have mostly hidden from it over the years um but uh, really i'm just glad that i've helped people enjoy the whole that's that's really all i wanted to do um and i think i've been very lucky that the community embraced me in such a way uh-huh. uh, and so if, if anyone ever does encounter me say hello <laughs> but i always encourage him please don't be scared please do but just remember uh, he's a lannister player is that i know right <laughs> that's right and i'll counterplot you at the perfect moment <laughs> oh, i see that's uh that's okay that's not so bad my wife is hilarious because okay, she'll uh you know she's really into the. she read the book she liked the show she's you know somewhat into the game uh, mm-hmm. She finds the the tactics cards. You know, she feels like that's cheating or something. She's like, when I did all this stuff, and you can do what? But uh, she'll always tease when she finds out like someone's like a Bolton, a House Bolton player or something. She'll oh, be like, the yeah. Boltons? Like, well, what's wrong with that person? <laughs> There's sort of the stigmas attached to each house. But <laughs> yeah. are okay, fair it's enough. Like, oh, you're that kind of person, are you? You're a Lannister, like ruining it's everyone's like, fun, do you? Like, oh no. <laughs> uh, Uh, 
Um, I suppose um, I should say, if you want to see what I'm getting up to, um, follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Um, and that's really the first place that you'll see what it is I'm doing. I am working on stuff at the moment, and I think it's very exciting. Um, I hope people like it. Um, and it won't be that long until the information gets out. Yeah. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear about the the scene continuing to grow. And I think, you know, the miniatures that you've been painting have looked phenomenal. Uh, I'm, you know, honestly, I can't wait to see the next thing you come up with. And I, and I hope you have a lot of luck at uh, this tournament coming up and have a lot oh, of fun. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I just can't wait to see what else is coming down in, uh, the, the line from you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. And, you know, thank you so much for coming on on the podcast. And in the meantime... I hope you get your miniatures on the table.